all the way at verse 31 is where we're going to pick up. Uh, of course, we, we actually kind of finished up on verse 31, but you, know, you, almost, you always got to go back just a little bit to kind of so that the flow of the verses will make sense and you, and you get it into context. But it says in verse 31, it says, what shall we then say to these things? And, you know, of course, uh, again, the context, we're not going to read all of it, but we've just been reading uh, through all the way up to verse 30. There's so much has been stated. We're not going to go into that tonight just because of time. But, but he's saying, you know, all these things you've been saying now, he says, what shall we say to these things? All these statements, all this truth that you've been given uh, all through this, uh, this chapter He's saying, if God be for us, now this is his answer, so to speak, and to this question, but, but I'll go ahead and read it. But if God be for us, who can be against us? He, spa- he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. Who, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, who shall separate us from the, from the love of Christ, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless tonight. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you guide my mind, my thoughts. I yield myself to thee once more, and I ask you, please, Please use me, Spirit of God. Fill me with your presence. Guide my mind. Uh, Lord, we call it a Bible study tonight, but Lord, it's the Word of God. It's the truth of the Word of God. And, and Lord, I never want to do an injustice to the truth of the Word of God. I pray that you'd give me wisdom, that you'd direct my mind, that you'd open up hearts and minds, that we'd not just go through the motion, that we would see how blessed it is to, to have the Word of God, how wonderful it is to see the promises and the truth of God. And Lord, I pray that we'd just that would be revealed to our hearts tonight, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. See, uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm going to ask one of you young ladies, somebody, could you run to me, somebody give me a glass of water, if you could, if you can find one. Oh, that's all right. I got one here. Did you spit in this? Okay. I was dry. For some reason, I'm not sure exactly why, but I was dry. All right. We're, we're going to look at it again, and, and if you look at verse... 31, we're going to go back to verse 31. It says, who, what shall we then say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? Now, in this, this little verse right here, you begin to see a, a great truth that's going to be really pushed in these next few verses. That's the omnipotence of God. Now, there's two things that you're going to see out of the, these verses. One is the omnipotence, the power of God, the strength of God, the the, God is uh, over all things, it, how powerful God is. But in that, you're going to see also eternal security. And as we say in Romans, the book of Romans, this is where we get our doctrine. And, and these verses are just permeated with eternal security because they're permeated with the omnipotence of God. And so 
Here we are. This, this, is, uh, this question, this, if you'll notice it's being asked, it said, what shall we say then uh, that to, the, say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's a question. A question that it's, 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 it's in a sense, a rhetorical question, but then again, it's a real question. And I, I want to explain that here in just a second. It's, it's obvious that if an omnipotent God is for you, that there's no creation that could be against you, and that word against means to withstand you. So uh, God's saying that, that he, he's looking at us, and he's saying, do you understand who you are? Do you understand who you are as a Christian? Hello, folks. Do you understand who you are as a Christian? Do you understand how powerful you are in Christ? He's saying, if God be for us, is God for anybody in here? Good. I was wondering if anybody was alive or awake or anything. If God is for us, anybody saved in here tonight? Let me help you. If you weren't sure if he was for you before you were saved, if you're saved right now, he's for you. Okay? Now, the truth is, he's for you anyway, because he, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he, he sent his son to die for us all. But listen, as his child, don't you think I'm, he's for me? Anybody in here, you have a child, you're for that child. Doesn't matter how good they are, doesn't matter how bad they are. The truth is, you may not be for what they're doing, but you're for them coming out right for God. You're for them getting back up on their feet and living and doing right. You're for, you want them. And you know what? Sometimes, have you ever said, I just, if I had the power to do it, I'd do it? Sometimes you just wish that. Some, I wish I had it within the power, in my power to change the circumstance. Uh, there's some things that, that I've, you know, over the years with, with family that I've just thought, God, if, if I had the way, if I had the strength, if I had the finances, if I had the wisdom or ability, I would change this circumstance. But I don't have it. But guess what? I got a father who does. I got a father who's, who does, and he says... If God be for us, and he throws, who can be against us? And it's really, again, it's a rhetorical question. He's saying, look, it's a foolish question. If God is for you, that's a stupid question. Who's going to be against you? Now, again, realize that, the, that against means withstand you. Can, can he, can, is there anybody that can come against you and stop you if God wants, to, wants you to move? Is there anybody that can keep you going to heaven once he's given you eternal life? Now, here's, here's the fallacy. Some, some people believe that, that there is somebody. This is why God writes this. There are people that believe what, that Christ would give me eternal life right now, but, but if I do something wrong or if I think something wrong or I say something wrong, I just lost it. If God be for me, I can't even be against me eternally eternally. You see, I can stand up here and say right now, no, I'm done with God. I don't believe in God anymore, and, and, and I don't want to go to heaven. Guess what? If I've trusted Christ, I'm still going to end up there. Right. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can keep me from going to heaven. God says if God be for us, nobody, and that's what he's really saying, nobody, no creation, nothing can be against you. But now, this demonstrates the strength and authority a Christian has when the omnipotent God of gods is on his side. Now, God and, you've heard this before, God and me are a majority in any and every situation. 
Now, the truth is, God's a majority without me. <laughs> but So the question is rhetorical in that we already know the answer, but then again, it's a real question that must be answered by each of us. And I want you to answer, uh, think about this. You see, here in this life, there's still one, only one that can withstand you, that can be against you, even though God is for you. Did you know that right now, if God's for me, if I yield to him, all of hell can't stop me. You understand that? I yield to God, Satan can't stop me. He can't because I'm God's child. I have the authority of Jesus Christ. I, I, he can't do anything. He can't stop me. You understand that my circumstances cannot stop me. Ms. Belton, you're in a lot of pain Sunday, but that pain can't stop her. But who can be against me? There's only one person that can stop you. That's you. Now, we're not talking eternally now. We're talking about right here on this earth. Do you understand there's only one person that can stop you if God is for you and God is in you? There's really only one person to stop you. In, in the Holy Spirit in me right now, and he says, hey, if I want you to go out that door, I'll strengthen you. You can get out that door. If I want to say, no, it's too hard. I can't do it. I quit. I have that choice. But I can tell you this, if all of you stand in front of me and say you're not going out that door, let me tell you, if God tells me I'm going through that door, I'm going through that door. You say, oh, you couldn't get past all of us. If he told me to go through that door, bless God, somehow he'd get me through that door. The problem is, is that we run into obstacles and we run into heartache and we run into pain and we run into suffering and we run into disappointment and our greatest enemy destroys us, us. We quit. So many people, so many people start out and God is good in their life, and God is doing things in their life, and God is changing their life, and, and things are happening in their lives. And then some, and, and I've tried to warn them. I've tried to warn some of our new ones that have come in. I've tried to warn them, listen, okay, you're serving God, and you're excited, and God's doing some good things in your life, and you're learning, you're growing. Watch out. Battles are coming. Yeah, you've, if you feel like, Hey, Bell, you're on a mountaintop. Tomorrow you finish school. You know what's on the other side of a mountaintop? Yeah, a valley. And for you, it's going to be a really deep one. <laughs> no, it's going to be a valley. Because you can't have a mountaintop without valleys. Now, see, there's one that can still withstand you even though God is for you. Not eternally, for when God says we are heaven bound, not even we can change that. But in the here and now, the only one that can cause me to give up, to quit, to give in, is me. And can I tell you, we, are, we can be our greatest enemy. When we, when we start just, that's what Scripture says, don't be weary in well-doing. We weary, uh, Psalm 56, I think it is, I believe it's Psalm 56, he says, he fighting daily wearieth me. You know, it's the daily Every day, grind the battle, 
the pain, the suffering, the attack that just wearies us. Wears us out. Verse 32. I, man, I, it takes me a long time to get through Romans, don't it, folks? That was one verse. Okay, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? We see that we should never doubt God. We should never doubt that he is able. That's He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Don't ever doubt God. Never doubt that he's able. Never doubt that he loves us enough to care for us, to provide for for us, to love us, to give us all things that we need. If he would give his son, this is, these verses in here are so exciting and so, so inspiring because he says, if he would, God's just looking at us saying, look, if God loved you enough, he'd give his son for you. What do you think he's going to hold back from you? And we have to think a little bit with our own human minds. If we would, if I would give my child up for you and then you come to me for some money, or you come to me for some food, or you come to me for some clothing, those things are nothing. If I've already given my child to you, there's no comparison. Giving you a shirt is no comparison to giving you my son. And that's what he's saying here. He's saying, if he would give his son for us, what would he possibly withhold from us? But I I want you to notice this word in there. He said, freely. Freely. You see, God, what God does, he doesn't do just because he said he would. Now, now, think about this. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to follow through something uh, on something because you gave your word, but you really didn't want to do it, but you had to do it because you said you'd do it? Anybody ever been there? Yes, you know, it's called marriage. Uh, the, uh, no. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> don't look at her that way. Back to, Keith's back there. They're having a discussion now. I just started to... But, uh, but you, uh, you, 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 sometimes we get caught up in that kind of situation where, where okay, I said I'd do it, but man, I wish I hadn't said I'd do it. You know, I, I, I debated and debated and debated, and I'm ashamed of myself. I never called them back, and I got to call them back tonight. But some church called me. They're coming from Texas, don't know who they are, don't even know what church, you know, it, it was, it, I think it was like a community church or something, but they've got... Uh, eight kids and, and four adults are coming through, going to be going to some conference or something up in, in Cincinnati, and they're saying, we just don't have very much money, and we thought about calling somebody, a church in Memphis, can we just you know unload and sleep in your floor uh, somewhere? And well, of course, they want to come tomorrow night, and we got the banquet over here. The only place it would really be good to, for it to be is, is over there, and everybody's so wore out, and I'm thinking, we got to tear that whole thing down if I'm going to make room for them to sleep there, and, 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 and here's what I was doing. I kept, I kept hesitating, and I really didn't mean to not call him back, but I'll call him back after the service is over tonight, but, but I, I thought, I kept hesitating because I thought, okay, it's easy for me to say, yes, come on, we'll have it ready for you, because I, you know, I just have a heart for people. I understand. I've traveled, and it's in how expensive it is. They, they say we just don't have money for hotels, and if a bunch of kids want to lay on the floor and then sleep, and then have no shower or anything else. God bless them. That's retarded. But, the, um, but they want to do it, and they don't have them. But I'm thinking, okay, it's easy to say that, but here's the problem. After the thing's all over tomorrow, that means that we got to clean it all up, tear it all down, and everybody's exhausted. 
And I'm thinking, okay, I'll say yes, and then all tomorrow and tomorrow evening, I'll be thinking, why did I say yes? Because now we got to do this. So, um, I still don't know what to do, folks. Joe, you're going to have to help me here. Uh, but this is what, but see, God didn't do it that way. It wasn't grudgingly. It wasn't, okay, well, I said it, and they just made me so mad, but I, I got to keep my word, so I'm, gonna, I'm still going to give them all things because I said I would. No, it said freely, freely. You know what? He said, I gave you my son. I love you so much. I gave you my son. And watch this. I love you so much. I want to give you everything. I want to take care of you. I want to meet your needs. Look at verse 33. Verse 33, got to move along because uh, we got something special that's going to happen tonight. Uh, verse 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Now, look at that. Another question, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Now, when he's talking about God's elect, he's talking about those who have chosen Christ, who, those who uh, we already talked about, you know, with, you know, the whole predestination thing and, and all of that, uh, uh, you know, there and, and, and once you, through your will, your, your free will, once you, through your free will, have accepted Christ, you are his elect. And he says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God? Like, okay, who's going to look at them and say, you're, you're guilty, I, you know, you're, you're, you're a sinner. Uh, uh, who's going to be able to do that? Uh, it's God that justifies. Again, it's a rhetorical question, but God is omnipotent and able to keep his promise. Who then shall accuse us? Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Man accuses his brother, but their accusations of unrighteousness have no validity any longer, for God is the one who has justified us. God has placed his justification. He's, given, he's justified us. I, I did it. I want to lay it to the Lord today. And can I tell you, we need help with the food bank, folks. If you want to get, donate money, if you want to give food, if you want to do anything to help us restock that thing, we are seeing so many people saved through the food bank. It is amazing. Uh, it's, uh, right now, it's our most productive ministry. Uh, you know, I mean, it is amazing how many people are coming through and getting saved. But here's what I did with the lady uh, uh, to, today. And I can't, can't find it. But look, okay, this right here. And she was, she was there, and she was totally confused on this thing of salvation. A sweet lady. And she's done gone to church her life and helped to build church and, and really loved the Lord. But here's the problem. She believed all these things were going to help her go to heaven, and she just thought surely she had done enough. And I, and I explained to her, I said, ma'am, I gave her, showed her a dark piece of paper with a lot of stuff on it. I said, you know what? That's us with all of our sin. And look at here, that's Jesus, no sin. Watch this now. And it was so simple. You should have seen the lights going around. I said, ma'am, if it's of grace, it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. When you take Jesus, this is all that happens. All the sin went on him, and all the righteousness went on you. You should have seen her lies light up. That her record was clean. She was excited. Now, Satan is the accuser, though. Yes, there. Now, understand this: there are accusations that may be true. 
But when we are justified, they have no more reality or validity for we are now, for we now have the righteousness of Christ. Okay, Satan accuses, he may accuse me before the Lord and say, he's a sinner. Well, the truth is, as I walk in this body of the flesh, I'm a sinner. But in the sight of God, he sees me clean. It's an incredible thing. The accuser accuses me of being a sinner, but God says that all my sin has been justified by the blood of Jesus. Verse 34, who is he then that condemneth? It, it is Christ that died, yea, rather that risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us. Man, listen, if, you, if there is a passage of Scripture you ought to get into, these verses ought to be, somebody ought to smile somewhere. This is really exciting stuff. This is eternal security. This is eternal security because of the omnipotence of God. Who is he that condemneth? Satan is the condemner. Satan is the accuser. When God says, who is he that condemneth? I feel like he's just kind of in Satan's face. And he's Satan, really, who does he think he is? Who is he that condemneth? Who has the right? Can I just point it at us? Who has the right to condemn anybody else? Not one of us has the right to condemn anybody else. There's nobody in here any better than anybody else. Well, like, you know, maybe me, but the, uh, no, just kidding. Who is he that, con- Satan is the condemner, the accuser. When God says, who is he that condemneth, he's stating really who thinks he has the right to condemn. Satan does not have the right. Sinful man does not have the right. We do not have the right to even condemn ourselves. Christ and Christ alone has the ability, the authority, the power over Satan and the power over sin. It's all in Jesus. It's it's shown us in Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. It says, This he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Listen now, Satan's trying to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? You know what we are? We are a brand plucked out of the fire. When Satan comes to accuse us, the Lord says to him, The Lord rebuke thee. This is a brand plucked out of the fire. Folks, I get excited about this. <laughs> and I look at y'all, and bless God, you're not exciting me one bit. We've seen the, tonight the omnipotence of God, but also because God is omnipotent, we have eternal security. There's a, a story of a wealthy Roman whose son broke his heart. But, he had a, but this wealthy Roman had a servant who he loved and admired. He decided on his deathbed to disinherit his son because his son had sinned against him. And he was, gonna, and he was giving everything to his servant. His servant was named Marcellus. 
So he called in his son. The old man called in his son and said, I've given all to Marcellus, my slave. He said, but because you're my son, I'll give you one thing that I possess. So you choose that one thing and I'll give it to you. So the son, without hesitation, said, I choose Marcellus. You get it? You see, that's what really God did for us. He said, my son possesses all things, but you can have him if you want him. And if we choose the son, everything that we would have lost, we receive. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And again, if this doesn't do something to you, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? God says he loves us. He teaches us that love never fails. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. And he says, who shall, and he keeps asking these questions that are really, you know, they really is it what the, the term is? The rhetorical question. I mean, they, they're questions that are already answered before you ever even ask them. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he says, in case you want to know, you know, some examples. He said, shall tribulation. Now, here's the thing. Why is he saying that? Because we, in tribulation, feel like we've been separated from the love of God. We, in tribulation, we'll start to feel like, well, God must not love me or I wouldn't be going through this. Who shall separate tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? God looks at our lives and trials of life the very times we would get the most discouraged and down, doubting the goodness of God. And he says, he says to us, he says, look, he said, hey, look, who can these things separate you from my love? tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. God says those things cannot separate you from my love. You may believe they do, but they do not. All the things that might cause us to doubt the goodness of God, that's what he's, he's throwing at us. He's saying all these things that come into your life, well, we'll start to say, if God really loved me, if God really cared about me, this wouldn't happen. If God really, you know, uh, really cared about what happened to, to me, or if God really loved me, then he, that wouldn't have happened to me, or, or, or I wouldn't have lost everything, or I wouldn't have gotten sick. Or I... And God says, no, wait a minute. He threw them all out here to us and said, Really, which one of these things are you going to let separate us? Because his love's not going to be separated from us. We may separate from him because of these things. Verse 36, he says, as it is written, and he recognizes our condition. He recognizes how desperate it can be. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. God says, I understand how you feel. I understand in this world you feel like everybody's against you. I understand that, the, that hey, look, a hundred years ago, uh, on a, on a, a, a night when the church was meeting, or, or 60 years ago, or 70 years ago, probably hundreds of people, thousands of people around Memphis more would be in churches tonight. 
and you feel like right now that, that, you know, the whole world's against us, the whole world's attacking us, the whole world looks down at Christianity and mocks Christianity, the statistics, it depresses you to even listen to them. There's one out of three, I heard today, one out of three uh, uh, so-called Christians even believe in absolute truth anymore. Can I tell you, that means they don't believe in the Word of God. Four out of ten believe that virtually all of the religions should be considered Christians, believe that it should be considered over the Word of God by their teachings and what they say. And God says, it may be, you may be in a terrible situation. And of course, at the time this is being written, they're in a much worse situation than we are right now. And they're like some of the people in some of the places of the world right now where Christians are dying for the faith. But as it's written, for that sake, we're killed all the day long. We're accounted for sheep of the slaughter. He says, I understand. I see. I know you live in a wicked world, a world that hated Jesus and a world that will hate you because you love Jesus. God let us know that he knows our condition, our state. He wants us to know that no matter what we might suffer or might be suffering at the present he is in control he is greater his love will never fail verse 37 he says nay in all these things we are more than look at this he says i know you're being butchered okay i know you're being beat up i know you're being attacked i know you're being killed he said but listen to me no matter what you're going through nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us not just conquerors, and we're not just going to survive this thing. He said, we're more than conquerors. We're going to rule and reign one day. Matter of fact, through these verses that may discourage you, uh, we'll not only survive them, but, but you will conquer and more than conquer because we do not conquer through our own strength, but through Jesus who loved us. Notice what it says. We don't conquer through our own strength. We don't conquer by withstanding. We don't conquer by making it through. We conquer through the love of Christ. Unconditional, complete, total, unwavering love of God, which has been demonstrated through Jesus Christ. And verse 38 and 39, and again, it, how you can't get excited about this, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. You, listen. It doesn't matter how bleak the world looks. God says, even the things that are coming. Listen, principalities, that's, that's, the, that's our governmental system. That, that right now is not being ruled by Christians. Hasn't for years and years. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Do you notice it says he starts off with the absolute. He says not even death can separate you. If you're a child of God, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Amen. Death doesn't separate you. Watch this. Death not only doesn't separate you, death reunites you in such a way that you could never comprehend. Because absent from the body, present with the Lord. The all-inclusive, this all-inclusive list of that which man might fear, which might create doubt and confusion, this great list has no power over love. No situation, no crisis, no pain, no death, 
or height. Nothing created, nothing that happens by circumstance can separate us from the love of God. Hey, that's eternal security. Do you understand what he's saying? He's saying, if you're my child, nothing can separate us. Nothing can break our relationship. Can anybody see the omnipotence of God in this? Can anybody see the security that you receive from the omnipotence of God? I hope it's been a blessing. I tried to hurry as quickly as I could because we have a, a baptism tonight. We're going to baptize tonight. So uh, we have a young lady that uh, 